welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming to you from the Cycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Hey everyone, this is Liza, and my mama got a new pair of shoes. Oh yeah, I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a bit. As long as they're not green. Oh, well, we're going to get into that, son. Of course, that would be the world's stump. No. The world's stump. Wow. I got to upgrade. The best stump. Oh, yeah. It's Stumpy John. Hey, everybody. Back from Florida. The greatest place on earth. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Flora. And uh, bringing all the noisy candy. (laughs) It's Naked Jim. Yes, I am the candy man. Well, <laughs> yes. more like the candy, that should be your more like name. The candy color you can take a rainbow. It's been a while man. since I've seen the naked, sweet naked, naked, naked Jim. Candy man Jim. Uh, um, Said that three times in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, back back to her wits after a long, long ride, which we get to talk about now. It's Scotty. Hello. Yeah, you did some long distance riding. Back and forth. Thank you very much. We'll get into that. And of course, everyone's favorite ginger in his amazing Emma's Army shirt representing its bagel. Hello. Greetings from the very frigid north. Oh, yeah. You're getting it? Yeah. We're getting frost now. Yeah. It's, it's officially cold. I did wear a sweater once, so I could say we're in winter. Sure. What <laughs> rank is that on the Emma's Army shirt? Is that a corporal? Yeah, it's two I'm, stripes. Yeah. I'm not sure. Well, Actually, I think the better I think the better question is, what (laughs) rank is the head of Emma's army? Who best to ask? Then Emma herself, she's back. Hello, darlings. What what rank are you? Um, I'm the admiral of everything. (laughs) (laughs) The admiral of the army. I am admiral of everything because armies can have admirals. And every one of my subordinates. So, Emma, let's first debunk some of the myths. Yes. You are not dead. I am not dead. Not yet. I'm <laughs> doing my best to keep <laughs> myself alive. I was very, very ill indeed. Yeah, so I, I didn't reveal a lot of information because it was your story to tell. If you want to share because you're supposed to be in Vietnam, you're not. I, um, I will share it briefly. Um, I got corona and... Um, you know, it's it, it's funny. There's a lot of people who get all steamed up over Corona and say this and they say this and they say this. Well, it, it got I got all the correct vaccinations. It got me very, very ill indeed. Um, I got pneumonia as well. And so I got an infection in my lungs. My lungs are actually damaged, but not permanently. Um, and I'm just I'm just kind of like a bit wheezy. Yeah. You know, but I feel OK. But um, yeah, I was very, very sick indeed. Um but here I am. You had a rough out. patch, and unfortunately, the timing, you weren't able to well, go on the trip. And, and that, was, that was the thing. Um, uh, I just, I wasn't well enough to go to Vietnam. And a you, little story I share, I, I will share, I actually made it to the airport. And I made it to SFO because I had a traveling companion. And I was, I was still a little bit sick. I was testing negative, but... My lungs were very sort of, um, and I was kind of very sort of disoriented and woolly-headed, but I thought, you know what, I can sleep on the plane the first, you know, two or three days of the trip are just a cruise, you know, I can I can beat this. I know it was really important to you to go on this right. trip, yeah. Um, and we get to the airport and we get to check in, 
and um, the visa service had fucked up my friend's visa, and they wouldn't let him on the plane. Oh, oh. I didn't know that. Yeah, there was one, and here's a top tip. <clears throat> I'm going to give you a top tip right out of the gate. If you travel to Vietnam or any of the formerly communist countries, and you have to apply to a visa. When you get the visa, you'll either get it as an electronic document um, or as an attachment, and you can print it off. <clears throat> Check all the... Oh, I'm getting wheezy again. Check all the dates very, very carefully mm. because it duplicates the dates you have on your passport. So make sure your birth date's correct. Make sure your name <clears throat> appears exactly, including a middle name. And make sure, and this is what... Um, Messed up my, my traveling companion, the expiry date of your passport. Mm. His was out by one day. Right. And if it doesn't oh. match, they ain't going to let you in. And as upsetting as it was, as the girl at the check-in desk at China Airlines said, she said, look, you would be a lot more upset if you flew all the way to Hanoi and they wouldn't let you in. And you'd have to take another 19-hour flight coming back. Yeah. So my documents were in order, but I made a decision. I'm like, I can't do this on my own. I just can't. I don't feel well enough to do it on my own. I need somebody to kind of navigate me through it. Um, and so that was that. <coughs> well, sorry you couldn't go. Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully, I really hope I will get the opportunity to go again. Um, the, you know, out of out of all of this problem with my illness and as sick as I was and I wasn't able to ride my bike and I was just generally feeling miserable, I hate letting people down. Yeah. Um, and that was the thing that upset me, upset me the most. So I hope I get that opportunity again to you, actually go. You made the right decision. So something's funny, I, I don't think I shared with you. So Donovan has been posting and some of the people, I think I know I'm friends, Facebook friends with some of the people on the yes. chat posting. While Carla King from Santa Cruz, she is in Vietnam at the yes. same time. She's, and, she's and, been there for a while, hasn't she? And my aunt and uncle were touring <clears throat> Vietnam. Oh, and oh, I'm funny. getting all these posts from different people. And I'm like, are they going to like run into each other? Like, wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. Yes. Like that I knew three different you know, traveling groups at the same time. Well, ultimately, you know, when you when you go to get on a plane for a, for a two-week vacation whether it's a working vacation or not and you and who's jim jim um and you're still not well and you still don't know whether you're going to get better or not you always worry i mean as disappointing yeah. as it is i think ending up in a vietnamese hospital with pneumonia <laughs> would be not something i'd really want to end up doing so you know i think i made the right call I no, think you made the right you call. Made the right you call. made the right yeah. call. You made the right call because yeah, now you're here with us today and you're you're alive. alive. Right, exactly. And today would have been the day I was flying back. So had I got on the trip, theoretically at five o'clock, I'd be actually on the uh on the uh, bus coming back from SFO mm. at this time. Yeah. No, so and I'm still not a hundred percent, but um, I'm not going to be 100% for a while. I mean, I'm on this, I've got my little inhaler and um, I've still got a battery of um, uh, medicine I've got to take for qu quite a while to come. But, you know, I'm I'm a tough old bird. Well, and, and, I, and I wanted to, um, to say, hey, you know, 
happy Thanksgiving to you know Americans who were participating in that. I know I I ate like it was my job. <laughs> I went to a very expensive buffet with my family. Did I see a picture of you cutting up lo- rough with a lobster again? Uh, was, though the that next was Saturday. That was Saturday. Oh there God! Was, there Friday, was many Friday. eating excursions <laughs> of the last few days. You really do excel at your work. I it was it was my job. Where I went, they had you know the usual like um, all the different meats and all the nice things. But then they also had a seafood bar, a dim sum bar, a caviar bar. I mean, it was like <clears throat> so. You, I was strategic. I got it all in. It was great. Next day, John and I went for a ride, went out, went eating, lived a ride, ride to eat. <laughs> Next day, John and I went out riding, <laughs> went to go eat. Well, you know, to, uh, to our friends in different um, parts of the world, Thanksgiving is kind of like a mystery to a lot of people. Um, England doesn't really have an equivalent. The closest equivalent England has is something called Harvest Home, which happens about the same time of year and you kind of celebrate all the harvest coming in and you've got everything stored away for the winter but america it's it's really a celebration of overeating that's <laughs> yes. uh, true and, and um, arguing with family exactly <laughs> and i went <laughs> i went to a buffet at the local uh, local golf club <laughs> and paid a decent amount of money and oh god i was carried out of there i mean they, they had to kind of roll me onto a golf cart and take me back to my car because it is a celebration of overeating yeah it's a little bit of a a, a, a challenged celebration in a lot of ways where oh the original yeah, yeah. you know no, now for me it's just it's an eating holiday mm. yeah it's, i think it's, it's, it's i think it's become overeating. that yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just you know it's a, it's a celebration of excess we yeah. ignore the we ignore the genocide aspect. We're just all oh, about the, we're just all about the pecan yeah, pie. Yeah, details, darling. Pecan pie. Yeah. Speaking to people in other parts of the world who may not have the same understanding, it, it is uh, a little bittersweet in a lot of ways for for many people. Yeah. yeah. That it's not really always all about a good time and a giant meal. Although it is for my family. Yeah. And we had a good time and a giant meal. That's what I choose to celebrate. Um, and also, um. And the reason I'm saying this, you know, Thanksgiving is here, and today I'm thankful we're all in the room again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's great. It's, it's Emma, you've been sick. John, you were in Florida. Jim, you were somewhere. probably in a desert somewhere. Off and about. Dusty. Scotty, you, went, you headed south last I've time been, I saw you. I've been to Reno, Fargo, Winslow, and Sarasota. <laughs> <laughs> you've been all over. Emma, and I want to just take a chance. We had yeah. a wonderful email that fits in right now I'd like you to read. Yeah, so... um I had a, um, I've got, I'm holding this email from Christopher, um, and I think his last name is Vichy. Um, hey, Misfits, and happy belated Thanksgiving. I just wanted to shout out some gratitude to all the family members, especially spouses, who support their partners, love, and need to be on two wheels. Mm. I've heard the classic story over and over, usually starting with, The wife made me sell my bike or some variation of that. My wife rocks and I've never had to mumble those stupid words to anyone. We have a soon to be one year old now that we call Merlin and I am fully supported in my favorite way to get to work and favorite way to get anywhere, which is sometimes nowhere at all. We all know that feeling. 
I don't take for granted the worries that come along with these things from loved ones. And I'm super grateful every time I swing a leg over. I have her childhood XR100 as my yard toy for a few more years until it becomes a birthday gift for little Mervyn. What age do you think is a good... Oh, what do you think is a good age for little Red to be handed off to the young one? Oh, any time. Any time from six months onwards, darling. Peace and love, misfits. Chris from Connecticut. Wait, what, what size is the bike again? It's 100cc. Yeah. So uh, it's that's probably like seven. Yes. Seven or eight. eight. Uh, yeah, or even eight Ten. or nine, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, and there's a picture. Yeah, so Chris from Connecticut is still riding season over here as far as I'm concerned. My cutoff temps keep lowering. Pretty soon I'll need a snowmobile conversion kit. And Chris has actually included a picture. I thought you'd appreciate that. And it's just, it's a lovely picture. And um, Is it Merlin or Mervyn? No, it's, it's Merlin. Merlin? Yeah, Merlin. All right. And it looks it's like... like a one-year-old baby on a motorcycle. Exactly. It looks like Chris rides an FC6R. Um, I'd say is probably what that is. It's a good-looking bike. And he's a very, very happy-looking chap. And there is a baby sitting on the gas tank. <laughs> start him young. Yeah, you got to start him young. Baby looks happy. Um, I do have a tip. Um, when people want to start their children young... Um, whatever size bike, you know, usually start with some um, uh, training wheels. Mm-hmm. But a good trick that a friend of mine learned the hard way, put a leash on them. Because kids learn to go before they learn to stop. And the first time... So you can clothesline them off Tayward the bike. <laughs> like the cartoon, <laughs> let them put run his out son on, feet. He Snap. hit go and the kid took off right into a fence. And after that, he put a leash on him so he could run behind him and slow him down. Yeah, just this uh, last week, we were at home talking about old stories and uh, talking with my father, who got me out riding on an, a three-wheel ATV mm-hmm. with a, a leash yeah. that, that <laughs> leash. Uh, wasn't quite strong enough to, to pull him around. And we were, <laughs> yeah. it was a little bit of a battle. Yeah. So that that That's is my funny. top tip. Well, um, now, I, you know, when I was very, very young... yeah. So, so we're talking were, like the 20s? Yeah, the 1920s. Yeah. The 1820s, in fact. No, um, so this would have been 1962, 63. It was quite common to put your baby actually in a harness and let them walk on a leash. Yeah. And you'd like walk, a yeah, and I, I had a little harness with bunny rabbits on it. <laughs> and I'd be off. And my mum would be running along behind me with me on a leash like a little dog. And you don't really don't see that anymore. I suppose it's quite demeaning for children. But I thought it was the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. My mom famously, she tells a story of, um, I, I think I was on the leash. And we're trying to exit a store and I saw something and started bolting like, oh, and I start running. And she just gave me a tug, but a little too hard of a tug. And I went through the air and I slammed against the door and was just kind of a stupor and she was so embarrassed she just kind of dragged me out of the store. Oh, no. Like, rah, rah. <laughs> oh, no. That explains a lot. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, that yeah, explains probably right. explains a lot why you don't see children in harnesses anymore being walked like they're on a leash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Scotty, I wanted to, um, and thanks to you for going to retrieve the Nikon. All right. Mm-hmm. A, a bit of backstory. I haven't told all the details. Okay. Um, so it started with, uh, you know, I found the Nikon in Arizona and you're offered to go pick it up. Well, way before that, 
you were like, hey, I'm looking all over the place for these Nikens. Yeah. I got to find one. And I reached out and I was like, yeah, you know, that sounds like a fun adventure. If you find one that's kind of far away and you don't really want to get it, you just let me know and, and I'll, I'll figure it out and go get it. So then like three months later, like it was a while. I don't think it was that long. Anyhow, oh, a little bit later, yeah. you gave me, you texted me like, hey, I found it. It's in Scottsdale. Yeah. Which for those of you not familiar with where we are is about 500, 600 miles from here. Isn't it more than that? It's a it's 12 hour Oh yeah. Drive. So it's about 700 miles from here. Yeah. About 700 miles from here. Um, and so I reached out to the owner and was making a deal and, uh, and he said, well, you know, in fact, I'm looking for a gold wing. So if your friend's going to come out here, there's a gold wing near you. Could you go get that and have your friend bring the gold wing out? So I'm looking at flights to get to Scottsdale <laughs> and Liza sends me a text like, Hey, there's a gold wing and this guy really wants to put a sidecar on a gold wing. And can you take that down to him? And this whole time I thought it was a gold wing with a sidecar. Oh no. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I'm in. And, uh, I'm very happy I didn't have a sidecar. So I went up to go make the deal. And what I didn't share, Emma, did I share with you the the nice gentleman I bought the Goldwing from? You you shared a tiny I'm going to share a little bit more than I have. I did not make any of the arrangements. The, the Nike owner made the arrangements. So I was just to show up, hand him cash, and, and take the bike away. Uh, nice guy. And um, uh, he had a lot of toys. He had a toy hauler. He had a couple pickup trucks. He had a speedboat. He had a hot rod. <clears throat> he had a mini bike. He had Harleys, all sorts of stuff. Um, but my cousin, who had come with me because I needed a ride up there, um, asked to use the bathroom. And he said, sure, go on in the house, use the bathroom. She came back out and was just kind of like, um, are we ready to go? And later she showed me a picture of a banner in the house she'd taken. Of his H.A. banner. I didn't know H.A. guys rode gold wings. No, he was selling it for his father-in-law. He didn't know any. He's like, I don't know anything about these bikes. It seemed pretty fast. I only know about Harleys. Okay. And he like, yeah, he was like typical. I only know about Harleys. Harleys are the only bikes in the world that exist. But really nice guy. But my, my cousin was just like, can't believe I was in a Hell's Angels house. <laughs> Could have never been seen again. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. But he, I mean, he, he was nice. He wasn't wearing his colors or anything. But I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. This makes sense. So it's kind of, it just peppered the story up a little bit more. But then you got on the Gold Wing and. Yep. I got on the Gold Wing and it was full of gas. You left on Saturday morning. Mm hmm. About. While in the it morning. was raining buckets. I actually delayed my departure. I was going to re- leave a little earlier, and I, I didn't because it was raining really hard for a while. Really hard. And then it rained less hard, so I left. And you returned Sunday morning. Yes. I ran into a lot of traffic going through well, what, Los Angeles. What you're missing here is you drove down grabbed the other bike, turned around, start you coming back. You rode yeah, to yeah, Arizona, yeah. traded no, bikes, no turned rest, around, no and night. rode back. Well, so I, I did. That's true. You're, you're, you're two on all counts. I also stopped by a colleague's house to mm. deliver a coffee mug that, that I had <laughs> nice. to deliver. She lives in South Phoenix. Mm. Uh, and then bopped up to Philippe's, switched bikes, uh, sat with him for a moment, had a cup of coffee, got on, and hammered back this direction. Um 
Yeah. So, so Emma, uh, this, so this guy Philippe, who I just found, you know, looking for a bike for right, sale. Right. Turns out we have a lot of friends in common. Uh, Ray Ray is a friend of his, right? Oh, really? He's a Frenchman. Yes. Oui. And I think you would like French. him. He has. Uh, because he's, I think he had an accident, so he has trouble with two wheel bikes. He's, he's, yeah, yeah. He like rides with sidecars. What were the bikes that he had there, Scotty? Do a you lot remember? of tricycles. Um, I don't, I could not <clears throat> so have named them all, there but there were a is, lot of three wheeled things. Yeah, yeah. There's a BMW with a sidecar. I think I, like a, there were at least two uh, BMWs, I think, with sidecars and a, tr- Old Triumph and a Ural, <laughs> and there was a slingshot and a, yeah. like everything that would hold wow. itself up. And now adding, yeah, I mean, yeah, a this, Triumph on the side. These things car. might be maybe not my cup of tea, but right. he is a devoted rider, oh, yeah, yeah. and we, he is ad like he rides. He's yeah, a motorcyclist, cool. no uh, doubt. And we've we've talked about this subject before, and it's it's so easy to heap scorn on people who ride slingshots and people who, you know, ride ride harley trikes but if you do you're on the wrong track because a lot of these people that's all they're able to ride either through age through injury through some quirk they can't you know you can't do the two-wheel thing anymore and rather than just give it up you have three wheels but that would account why you're selling the nikon because the nikon will fall over it's not well, he, self-supporting he has, in he any had, way. He had a whole host has, of two-wheel bikes. His wife rides. Oh, okay. Like, there's a whole, there's a there's a broad and deep collection in that garage. And whether even folks who just like having three wheels, hmm. there's there folks out there yeah, like can, Philippe that are just can you get a peek, devoted you gotta, and avid. You got to zoom in see if you can see any of the things in the background. Love being out there. But I didn't know I thought it was fascinating. He's like all in and getting all these different types of bikes and turning them into uh into sidecar rigs. Like he's he's all in. I'm he, like, "Oh, that that's cool." Yeah. I, I'd oh, love this to is the brain of somebody This like is that. a very well equipped garage. And yeah. In my opinion, and this really bears it out. The finest sidecar tug ever made is the BMW R1200C. Oh, really? Because people misunderstand that bike, Mm. and they say, yeah, it's an ugly cruiser, it's weird, it's the James Bond bike. It is the greatest Mm. sidecar tug. Mm -hmm. It's everything set up perfectly just to haul a sidecar around. Mm. And the bike makes complete sense. And here is one. He's got one. With a color match sidecar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just no, glorious. Everything in there is extremely yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful, and, clean, and well done. And I'm looking, even just seeing this tiny man front wheel, I can see that is a Triumph T140D. There you go. Bonneville. I knew you could tell. There, yeah, Fantastic. there's a lot of cool stuff in there. So and He's a really nice guy. So now, this is what I'm sure everyone's question for Scotty is, <clears throat> how was mm-hmm. the comparison between the two? So you had a 2011... Goldwing. GL18? Mm-hmm. And then the 2019 Nikon. Mm-hmm. Which was better? So, my experience of both of these bikes is long distance travel, which I would which expect... Goldwing is made Both for. of them, because yours is the GT. Yeah. Uh, I would expect both of them to be extremely good at long distance travel. Yes. And I found... Uh, Neither of them really, <laughs> really were good for what I was hoping they would do well. 
Uh, I found the Goldwing fairly comfy, but kind of cramped. I think it's really designed for somebody four to six inches shorter than me. Because mm. that thing yeah. was huge. That well, bike was on the outside, big. but yeah, where but the people go, you're locked Same. into this yeah. riding position. And the riding position is like comfort. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a lounge chair, but I could not move from the lounge chair. Like I couldn't move my knees. My feet were kind of locked in. It wasn't really comfy. Like I like I found like when I toured on the Indian. It yeah. had boards, riding boards. You could actually move your legs around. Oh, yeah. This Goldwing doesn't. It just had foot pegs. Well, like so you're in did, that fixed Did you position. get the opportunity to ride it? Uh, no, you didn't, did you? Yeah, you I rode, rode it here from, from Concord yeah. here. Oh, you you actually rode it here? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I also was kind of annoyed that the Goldwing only got like 220 miles to the tank. Mm. I thought that's a surprise. For, I thought for sure it would get like a lot, and it just didn't, which I think is probably okay for most folks that aren't trying to like burn yeah. miles all day long um, because it'd be reasonable to want to get off and stretch your legs every hour and a half, two hours. Um, but that was okay. The seat, the riding position was comfortable. It was comfortable. Yeah. I mean, it but was you're, okay. But you're kind of locked into that position. Yeah. I could get up onto the passenger seat a little bit and kind of stretch out. All right. Now, how did the Nikon compare? I liked it a lot better. <gasps> there it is. Um, now, yeah. I, I, that doesn't mean I liked it. Uh, let's just stick with i liked it better i did i liked it a lot better um it got i don't know if you've gotten through a full tank yet yeah okay so i was getting about a not great about 120 miles to a tank yeah not not great which if you're gonna go and ride 600 miles yeah a lot of stops Uh, yeah i was surprised i think that it really doesn't have great mileage because of that front end it's got two of them yeah Yeah. heavy I will tell uh, no. you. I got the specs. Hold on. It is. Um. Uh, I will hey, Emma, there. throw me one of those weird milk candy things. Oh, God. They are, <laughs> they, they are quite revolting. I've never seen Jim. them before. No, they're quite uh, milky. 4.8 four gallon. Okay. Well, so, so, five five gallon. so, yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. you're only getting 50? No. No. 25 20-something to the tank yeah. and, and that was because I was going slow I, I intentionally mm. went Somewhat slower than I would have liked Just so I could get better mileage on the Nikon um, Because it has a little computer That tells you what your instantaneous mileage is Yeah, so just some, some specs on it um, Emma, if you had to guess How much does a Goldwing weigh? God, 800 pounds right. So 589 on the okay, Nikon Okay, so not huge not huge. Uh, 4.8 gallon seat height, 32.9, but this bike was lowered. Maximum lean angle, 45 degrees. Okay. Um, well, the, so the Goldwing was lowered, but that doesn't affect the riding position. Uh, no, I mean the... The Nikon was lowered. The Nikon was lowered, yeah. Right. Um, it, but yeah, you you comfortably, you came back, and then here's what a trooper Scotty is. Huh. She comes, like, hey, I'm here. It's morning, I'm here. And her family comes to pick her. Yeah, we're heading down to Southern California. Yeah, oh now. I went home and I took a nap. I, I got a couple hours of sleep and got up and we drove back to Southern California for the thing, the holiday. So what was your uh, top speed on each bike? Ooh, Honestly, so uh, Goldwing Seller was like, oh, this thing's fast. It's not. It's just not. It's There's too much of it. It might have the engine out of an automobile, like a four-wheel car. But, <laughs> it's but, like saying a VW Bug is fast. Yeah. I mean, compared to a Beetle Bug, <laughs> yeah, right? But yeah, yeah. Um, 
No, uh, the top speed I think on the Goldwing I got up to like one twenty somewhere along the road, oh. and the Nikon I I definitely hit one twenty or something like that. But oh really? I, okay. And how yeah. did it feel at that kind of a speed? Uh, so those the, are 17, 15 inch? 15 inch front wheels. 15, okay. We can get into that separately, but I, I just didn't spend much sustained time mm-hmm. at, uh, you know, real continent eating speeds. Because you can blow out two front tires and keep going. Maybe even three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no, because the mileage was so terrible. Yeah. I slowed down because the mileage was so bad. So um, That's the same triple that's in the... Uh, so it's the 09 or not 09. quite. <laughs> no, it but is. It's different. Yes, it's that sport tour. It's bike. it's it's based on the same, but they're FK two different. So um, I've had uh, two days of riding. Mm-hmm. Uh, John and I went out riding um, on Friday. We took the two triples out, and then yesterday I took the Nike out, and he took out the Bergy, the Bergman, and so um, got well, to ride Buston. That's with you. That was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you you still are very nervous. <laughs> um, I call it the abomination. Yesterday was the ride of the abominations. Exactly, the Bergman and and the Nikon. They're both abominations. <laughs> Quite the pair, <laughs> right? Uh, I know. Up. The the mirror <laughs> situation on your Nikon mm. takes it really next level. It how turns did, it to how did they get there? By the way, like why? Why? Are why are there four mirrors on <laughs> it? So okay. why, why aren't there six? That's a better question. So the guy I bought it from, he farkled it. It came with like extra seat, which is barely different from one another. Oh yeah, you didn't get to see all the the parts because he shipped them. Um, uh, he did it's just it's got all well, sorts like of farkles blue, like and extra billet, parts. The billet aluminum. Yeah, it's got all the things. Oil cap. Thing <clears throat> but he that. also on the Nikon, the mirrors are attached to the fairing in front of like your instrument cluster like, like really a sport far bike. F- further forward than a sport bike yeah and it's kind of small and you're looking s- somewhat at your your hand grips you know so many people put um modify the control clamps to add mirrors so there's another set of handlebar mirrors and at first i was like aesthetically this is weird i want to get rid of them but then i was like i kind of find myself using both and I'm like, well, it's got two front ends, so two sets of mirrors. Why not? I can get yeah. away with it, right? Unquestionably. Yeah. It fits. Well, I mean, it looks weird, but the whole thing looks weird It anyway. adds to the doubled up. It's one of those things. Mm-hmm. You know what the mirrors remind me of? The, the OEM mirrors. And this will mean nothing to Americans, because you never put your mirrors here. But when I first started driving cars, we were driving a lot of cars from the, the 60s, the early 60s, because mm-hmm. they were the cheap ones. And in England and Japan, cars don't have rear view mirrors. You always have the one in the middle of the windshield. But you, your door mirrors aren't on the doors. They're on the top of the front fenders, way oh, down at fair, the front. Fair by the lanes head- and a variety of other older American cars yeah. had mirrors like that. No, but, yeah, mirrors. but not way down at the front by the headlights. <clears throat> That's where the rear view mirrors are. And so the, the, you get this panoramic view of the whole side of the car. They're at, once you get used to them, they're wonderful. But they do take a little getting used to And The mirrors remind me a lot of the Nikon of that. But you're kind of looking under your hands. You, mm, yeah. yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. it's so I, I'm not worried about it. But, all right, all of us in this room have had a chance to ride the Nikon. And I'm going to make a statement. And I just want to see if everyone agrees with this. My statement is the Nikon 
better than you think. Oh, no, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah, uh, that works. Yeah. I think it was about what I thought. <laughs> how I think better negative, than you think. How about Nikon? It's kind of like a snowmobile. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're actually cheapening it, Liza. Well, it's a very, very good motorcycle. I am, but that was, I think everyone can agree on that review. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Better than you think. My review is, I've really come to like this bike. I've had two days of riding. And I understand its purpose in the world. So first I want to say the weird, the weird front end aside, and, and, and I mean, you wrote it more than I have still, Scotty, just from the handlebars back, I think it is a very comfortable riding position. It's got a wide touring seat. It's got a great motor. It's got enough accessories. It's got a, um, a, a like, quick shifter, quick shifter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, a, and a slipper clutch. It's got factory heated grips. It's got traction control settings. Emma just showed me it's got power settings. A bunch of Up modes. to three. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, without being too complicated, it's got simple technology that really... All the things one would expect from a GT. Mm-hmm. From bike. a GT. Yeah. Exactly. And... Luggage came with it. Uh, yep. 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 Luggage came with it. And I like this bike it it's fun it's fun to ride i mean but more so and the reason that the two wheels exist with the added traction of two wheels you just feel more planted always and one of the things i've been dealing with as i become an older rider is i'm trusting my wheels my tires less and less and i find that i'm less and less comfortable leaning a bike and it's this risk at reverse reward even though i've been riding for years and i used to be able to take that corner faster but now i lean the bike in i go you know and i it's my brain it's completely my brain but now on a bike like this you go in and it's comfortable and i don't have to worry and i can completely trust and it is confidence building right and that's what a lot of the reviews say it is confidence building so i can go and and john and i went the first day we went and did twisties you know some kind of chunky um roads actually was the route that we took for our rally last year we went over to gilroy oh yeah okay yeah yeah that's a nice road how how did you find it in the twisties when i rode it out here um it didn't feel particularly nimble but i may just not have been used to riding it you know what i'm saying once you kind of got in a groove did you feel it be pretty nimble you know um, no, I mean, there still is a little bit of lag mm-hmm. going into the turn, but much like a larger bike, like the Africa Twin. It was right. nimble and fun, but you still you could knew you had to push that I, weight I over. I tell you what works well for it, Jim, is you, you have to actually manhandle it about using a little bit of body English. Mm-hmm. If you lean it yeah. and counter steer it, yeah. it really pays It'll, dividends. I, I can see so you a little more yeah. aggressive with it. Yeah, really when, you're, when you're leaning over making <clears throat> that left turn if you're pushing like crazy on the right handlebar it's really helping you mm-hmm. it's a workout yeah. but and, it's very rewarding and the bars are a little bit wider than stock bars for that reason really extra leverage the bars like a meter wide there's yeah. a lot of handlebar very comfortable. Yeah. yeah so i found that it just was very comfortable like we were riding we're chatting i'm like okay hold on i gotta pay attention now because we were getting into some twist i'm like i really want to like be aware of what my body's doing and and I still, like, I didn't get faster and faster because I'm still feeling it out and learning the 
how you communicate with your body with it. But I felt very comfortable on it. And then on the same token, yesterday we just got on the freeway and I found at 100 miles an hour, it felt planted and smooth. Whereas I would complain on the Africa Twin when you hit 80 with those big block tires, it kind of goes. No, that was the hood on your rain jacket. <laughs> <laughs> shooting out behind you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I found this at 100 miles an hour felt yeah, smooth planted it was only at 7,000 rpm and a red line's at 11 so so then what's is it's not based off the tracer or what are the tracer gt it's loosely based so um i remember when this engine came out and it was a lot of fanfare from yamaha with this engine this engine is going to replace everything and i've heard all this before so i mean you know you preach it with a with a deal of um, cynicism but that 900cc three-cylinder engine is a very... 847. Ve- yeah, it's a very good engine. Mm-hmm. It really is a ve- And it sounds great. But they did do a different um, tune on the Nikon. Mm-hmm. It's got slightly lumpier cams. It's got a different overlap. Um, it's got different throttle bodies. And sprocket, rear sprocket, two more extra teeth. Uh, right, so it's got a larger rear sprocket. And mm-hmm. the larger rear sprocket is basically gearing it down because it's just got more mass to push around. Okay. Um, so the ultimate top speed is probably a lot less than the mm-hmm. FC09 or the um, MT09. But it translates into more um, torque on demand mm-hmm. to compensate for that extra weight compared to the tracer. Yeah. So riding um, around in in like stop and go traffic, I don't know if you had much experience in like stop and go traffic mm-hmm. and stoplights and, yeah. and city traffic. Feels totally normal. Mm-hmm. You do. It does, it, you forget that mm-hmm. there's two wheels. Yeah. Did uh, any lane splitting? I did. I did. No, yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah. So not really. I came same up, as a bike. Huh? Up one yesterday. It was yeah. backed up like a summer. Yeah. Summer weekend, and uh, you know what? In fact, was interesting because um, John, you had, you took off. I did. Yeah. Uh, um, there was so much traffic. He got into the breakdown lane on the scooter. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to stay in traffic. You go ahead. But as I got up onto one um, up here in the Lake Santa Cruz, I ended up catching up to a guy on a sport bike who was splitting lanes, but he's going appropriately like 10 miles an hour faster than traffic, you know? And you're not? Darn that no, I, but I just got yeah. behind. I just, you just fall in behind because it's safer right, to right, travel right. together. Mm-hmm. So cars already split for him. And I was fine. I'm just like behind him. But someone at Africa Twin came up behind us and was not happy because we were going too slow for him. So he split over into the breakdown lane and then was passing, going like parallel to us. And that's where I'm like, don't do that, motherfucker. We know because then people right. don't know which yeah. way to swerve and <clears throat> you yeah. can get cut off. And then he got uh, like two car lengths in front of us, swerved over and got it back into the center lane and took off. And I was like, that was kind of a dick move. Yeah, that's a dick and then move. a little while later, the guy on the sport bike, he pulled over and waved me past him because mm-hmm. he, he probably felt like I was riding his ass. But I was I was more than happy, just got behind him. Um so it to, for me it passed the test for speed and you know just straight. Well, I know you went straight for a long time, Scotty, because there's a big flat spot on the back tire. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, and for me, it also passed the test of fun in the twisties and kind of a choppy road. And one of my other concerns was not understanding how this front end works. Like if one wheel hits a bump or a rut. 
does it then throw you over? Yeah, that was one of the most interesting things is I, I there was a long stretch of highway where one lane had been recently resurfaced. Oh, and right. the other one had not. So right. there's like a you know inch inch and a half. Yeah, you know elevation difference as you move between lanes. And one of the weirdest things on that Nikon was I could almost not feel it. Huh. It, oh, yeah. it would like disappear. Like I'm used to it. I expect it. I know what it feels like. And it pulls a little bit and it, you know, wiggles your bike around a little bit and it didn't. So does it and have four weird. proper, four proper front forks? No. They, like the half forks do different things. So there are two forks on each, but they're not mounted on each side of the wheel. They are together in parallel. Right. And only one uh, set on each wheel has a spring in it. And the other fork that's right next to it is just fluid filled. And that is for stability. So isn't that a common setup on many dirt bikes now, though, that one has damping and one has yeah. damping? Oh, yeah. Yep. It's, it's, yes. common, it's common on a so lot of like modern two, bikes. Two modern forks turned right. sideways yeah. with the wheels mounted sideways. <laughs> now, Bagel, have you tried the Piaggio MP3? Is that a completely ha- independent front? This is front end. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's. It, I have ridden it. It it has. It's basically a parallelogram in yeah. a front suspension. Yeah, yeah. So so each side will go up and down independently. It has a um, I think a trailing link on either side. Um, but but it it um, well actually not take that back. I don't know if it has a trailing, but it 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 does uh, have a a center uh, a center unit that yes. both front suspensions are connected to that go up and down, you know, t- together or, or opposite of each other, I should say. Sounds yeah. very similar to your Nikon. Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And and like my test was I went over a speed bump at a diagonal because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, will it toss yeah. me over one way and the other? No, it just sucks it up on one yeah. and then sucks it up on the other and you stay perfectly upright and don't really feel it. I think that translates a lot into the way it feels turning into and out of a corner yeah um in that it doesn't it doesn't feel like it falls into a corner no like i have come to expect from a motorcycle it just kind of like leans over right without like getting closer to the ground in a in a really <laughs> a different way that is really not a problem and it feels totally normal so um uh, i have a couple declarations uh, statements to make. Hear ye, are they, hear ye. Um, are these are these Christmas declarations the kind that you hang well, up over the, the door? The first was it's better than you think, and I, I'm now going to say that um, just to up that, I think the Nikon is an amazing bike. I agree with that. You. Is misunderstood in this country. I agree with that because where it truly shines is one of the places it sells very well which is the UK. Mm-hmm. And why? What, what's different between their riding season and ours? It's wet. Mm, they're it's right on the left. wet. Bunch of wankers. And this excels and, and, and compensates for that the, the horrible weather that, I mean, we really learned uh, uh, that UK riders would just go out in anything. They, they're not deterred. You well, know? You, I mean, you have to. Right, exactly. Because if, if you just want to ride when the sun shines in England, you're mm. riding about three days a year. Right. And so the Nikon, it, it, it solves that problem that you don't have to worry about hitting wet leaves, you know, in a corner. It, 
can handle it. Yeah, I was thinking it would be super fun to get out on some of the twistier, less popular roads mm-hmm. that we have in our area that are just poorly paved and full of potholes and things because you just don't have to worry about potholes and uh, frost heaves and all the weird stuff that you'd find in a corner mm-hmm. on like, yeah. uh, I'm thinking of like Highland, if you're familiar with this area. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. you have so much so contact patch. Or right. somewhere like Smith Grade. Yeah. Smith Grade yeah. would so be a great road on that bike. The functions of the bike are great the comfort of the bike and then the two front wheels in and for for inclement weather for uh, you know slippery riding conditions or for somebody like me who's kind of losing some of my confidence it builds that back uh another declaration i'm gonna make (laughs) and you fight me fight me if you want to i am gonna say that the Big triple engines are the best all-around engine you can get in any bike today. Is 847 a big triple? Yes, that okay. is a big triple. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what? I mean, is the Rocket a triple? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's a huge triple. Well, in the, tiger, so the 1200 big. Tiger. Yeah, yeah. So, so the Yamahas and the Triumphs. Um, and here's why I say that, because yes, I know that like you get an inline four that can rev up to what eighteen thousand or something, or you get you know a, a thumper like a an XS six XR six fifty that can really torque you know up. What I'm saying is the biggest sweet spot for an all around street bike, I think, is a big triple because it has all the torque you need in all the places. Yes, not the best for a high revving sport, you know, sport bike, race bike, not the best for a climb, you know, hill climb dirt bike, but for street riding, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me a big triple is not one of the best well, engines you well, can Well, remember get. that uh, Moto GP, the Moto 2 uses a triple engine too. So they are racing them. Yeah. I think it was perfectly fine. So like it wasn't problematic. My I mean my take on on this is is motorbikes are like people. And everyone's different, and everyone brings something different to the table. There's there's no doubt about it that triples are sweet. And my Trident, which is a pushrod triple, is probably the best-sounding motorcycle I have ever owned, and I'm ever likely to own. They sound absolutely amazing. Um, it would take a lot to wean me off fours. It really yeah. would. I mean, just the banshee wail. Four. I like not having to wring the daylights out of it to get the power, though. Well, and it depends on. I'm. I'm yeah, I, I, I lean with Emma on this fours, one. I, like, I mean, for I had the FZ that was a little bit higher revving. You know, you yeah. had to get up six seven to get it. But the lower revving Jixer motor, oh. you know, at four grand, you roll onto it, that and it right. answers in a way that that brings you to life. Where the the, the triples are sweet. They all the things you say, but ah. they're a little. Yeah. But, but <laughs> again, boring. when I refer to all around, I'm also including cost. You can put bang for your buck in there. Yeah, and I mean, that's true. But bang I mean, that buck. ride that you and me, Jim, had back mm. from Alice's restaurant mm. on, the, oh, on the big yeah. force. I mean, dear God. Yeah, and you don't, and you don't, you know, depending on which one you get, you don't have to ring it. But again, it's like Scotty mentioned, you know, they're so unique and it is a unique it's a it's a unique power delivery and it's a unique sound and i think it's a sound that is unique to motorcycling the sound of a big triple being being rung out um 
there's a lot to be said for them. I mean, I am a fan mm-hmm. of them. I'd never make a blanket statement saying it's the best all around because there's so many I, different factors. I am. I am making you know, that statement that a triple has the biggest sweet spot. Now, I, I understand. I have a sweet spot for some inline fours. I have a sweet spot for big twins like my KTMs. But this has the biggest sweet spot. That's that's my declaration. I'm kind of surprised they're not more common. Now, Yamaha, I mean, this engine, other than the slight changes you talked about, what is in the FJ09, yes. is in the Tracer GT, yes. is in the MT or FZ09. The XSR. The XSR. I mean... They're they're doing really well with this. I, you know, I've test ridden mo- most of those, and they just never really get my heart pumping. You know, they're just too sweet for when, it. Too sweet. <laughs> when Yamaha brought out that engine, it was it was to a lot of fanfare, and there were two engines that came out. There was the seven, the twin, and the nine, the triple, and they made a lot of noise about these engines and said, you know, this is this is the future, and I think they they really bet the farm on it a lot. Um, the Super Tenere, does it have a four? Or, or no, a Super Tenere is a twin. It's a twin. Super Ten's a Big vertical twin, twin. yeah. yeah. Um, but and, and throw in the Triumphs. I mean, John's yeah. uh, Triumph. I mean, uh, there's a and lot that of the is triples. A great, great engine. Even the little ones, the Daytona, yeah. the, the you know, the 675. God, that's a good engine. What strikes me about the triples is they're just so smooth. I think they're we use so smooth. Yeah. My Triumph's oh, a little lumpier than because I rode hers too, so it's not as smooth as the Yamaha motor. So not in a bad way, but it isn't. Yeah, Emma, know. is there anyone else besides Triumph and Yamaha using triples? Well, you know, um, if you go back the a Geo little Metro. way, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that, all the G- the Geo Metro, the Suzuki, it all goes back to this Daihatsu engine, this three cylinder Daihatsu. And that's the genesis for the car side of it. If you go back to the two-stroke days, a lot of manufacturers did triples. That's right, they were. And um, yeah. the reason why triples... Oh, Kawasaki, yeah. Yeah, Ka- and Suzuki, Suzuki. Um, all did oh, the triples. Right. The, your the, the water, water buffalo. buffalo. Yeah. Well, and the 550 and the 380. Yeah, triples were common. The, the Kawasaki's, right. they had this the huge H's. range from the S1C, right. which was the 250. Right up until the well, 750. And we even go back to my triple that's in the garage, the 1979 right, XS750, exactly. which I love. Now, the alluring thing about a triple is, and certainly with a two-stroke, because a two-stroke has a manufactured crankshaft, um, which means you have bearing, flywheel, bearing, flywheel, bearing, flywheel, and so on and so forth, it, it tends to be quite wide. And you can get nearly the power of a four with a reduced width. And so that's why they were so popular. BMW. Yeah, BMW. K75. Yeah. Well, the K75 was slightly different. Um, The K75 and K100, that's not even actually a motorcycle engine. That's a Peugeot car engine. Yeah. (laughs) And they flipped it on its side. And what they did was it was a modular engine, what was called a modular engine. And Triumph, the very, very early Triumphs were modular engines as well. And they said, look, we're just going to do this in two forms. Because BMW was pretty broke when the K-bikes came out. And they really needed a world-beating bike that they could build on a budget. And so um, they had the K-100, which was 1,000cc4. And that was the first out the gate. And then they just literally lopped a cylinder off it and changed the plane (laughs) on the crank from 180 um, to a 120. 
and then made the triple, but all the other components were the same. All the fuel injections were the same. Valves were the same. The cut on the cams were the same, even though the camshafts themselves were different. It was basically the same engine, um, just with a cylinder missing. And yeah. it was it was a great way of doing things because it was a huge cost-cutting exercise. It was fantastic. Um, and they're good engines. I mean, they're not powerhouses. So there we prove it. I mean, uh, Suzuki, um, Kawasaki, BMW, they've all visited Right, and Honda, no Honda as well. Honda, you know, Honda did the triple... The triple? Uh, the NSRs. The oh, NSR right. Force. Right, yeah. But that was for a different reason. That was to get as yeah. much power in a very, very compact yeah. space as possible. Um, so all the manufacturers have kind of, you know, diddled, diddled with triples for for different reasons. And, and the delicious thing, as you find out about a triple, is you can pack a lot of power into a smaller space. Mm-hmm. Um, I confess I knew so little about Nikons up until about a month ago. <laughs> I yeah. thought it was FC1 based. Oh, I, yeah. I thought it was an FC1 with two front ends. Oh. I didn't even realize it was a triple. Well, and, and then you were the first. It's like, it's a triple. I was like, what? Well, until today, I thought it was a 900cc. Um, I want to contact weights and measures about this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's an 847. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I hmm. talked about this before. I have a big issue when they fudge the numbers. Round up. Like, I think, like, come on, it needs to be within, like, maybe 25. Yeah, 998 know? for 1,000, yeah. that's one thing. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but... um. Yeah, I I love a triple. I've always loved a triple since my '79. Right, right, right. I, I well, they it, sound it has great. A they've huge got this sweet spot. They've got this just nice sort of angry kind of rasp to them. You you yeah. can hear a triple coming a mile off, and they've got they they almost sound like meatier than they are because if you listen to a triple and then listen to a six cylinder. It's got that really similar cadence, mm. especially a V6. So next time you see hear a V6 car being given the beans or a V even, you know, um, mm. anything with a six-cylinder, and then you hear a triple, you think, oh, yeah, that's really similar. Now, the funny yeah. thing, back to the Nikon, yeah. I don't know if you noticed this. So the uh-huh. Bergman broke down, and I had to, we had to get a battery and blah, blah, blah. So we had to go two up to Cycle Gear to buy a battery. So <laughs> we're coming back, and there's this guy walking down with his kids on the sidewalk. And so you got think about this: Liza and me mm-hmm. on one motorcycle, which is hilarious in itself. On the on the Nikon, so this guy was like, <gasps> he watched us all. He couldn't figure out what it was. It's like, <laughs> what is happening? It's just so much, exactly. <laughs> and now we get into the reaction of the bike because I took it out for a test ride today. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this down toward the boardwalk. So I did a loop of if everybody looks at it. Of, you know, the whole boardwalk down by Santa Cruz. And nothing really prepares you for the reaction no, you're gonna get. It's, people it's a little kinda, bit of the freak show coming Yeah, because people kinda look at it and then they do the double take right, because right. they're like, Did I really see that? At about one thirty in the morning on my way back, I stopped at a gas station. And uh, I was just filling up with gas and getting a boogie again. And uh, right as I was getting back on, getting ready to go, the gas station attendant ran out. I was like, "What is that thing? I saw it on the I saw it on the uh, the the screen. I gotta know why. What is going on? Why does it have so many things? What that happened at Cycle Gear too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both times at Cycle Gear, we were at uh, Cycle Gear and Gilroy. And they, both the guys just come out, just grinning. What is that? I hold my key out. I'm like. Go ahead, take it for a spin. And he's like, what? What? No, I, what? No, I, 
I, I don't think I sh- I don't think I should. I'm not sure. Uh. <laughs> he was just like I just I just want to look at it. It's a, it, this is mm-hmm. cycle gear down seaside. Uh, no, this is the Gilroy. Uh, Gilroy. Oh, yeah. okay. I guarantee you, any bike night anywhere in this country, you would absolutely oh, yeah. be the star of the show on that thing. It is just so odd. It, it is odd, but then everything else about it is simple. Right. It's just a good, simple bike with just the right amount of of technology. You just got to figure out the buttons. Well, I just, yeah, she showed me a new <laughs> button. Know, I'm like, a, what is that? mode do? button. I didn't even know. I thought that was just the heated grip bar, but right below that is the the power. The mode. The mode. The mode. Well, a la mode. You, you may recall that I had made another decla- declaration that I thought, <laughs> I think this would be a good dirt bike. Why not? Right? I've been thinking about this. And I've got two. Two arguments. Scotty likes it because it's a great bad idea. Yeah, uh, that's, so, that's the person with TK eighties on their TKC eighties on their on their S V six fifty. I've been thinking about this. <laughs> so, you, let's, go, let's go. So go the first go. argument, mm-hmm. thanks to a listener, sent me a link to an e bike company called Rungu R U N G U, and they make a double front wheel. I've seen that thing off road mm-hmm. e bike, and. They have videos of somebody. I showed it to you, Jim. Yeah, somebody on a yeah, single cool. wheel riding through like thick mud, and it, the bike just on the single wheel, just really tracking all over the place. And then they get on the double wheel, and it it still kind of skims, doesn't go straight through, but it really veers half as much mm-hmm. as a single wheel, so it's much more stable because it's you know, uh, stays stays up above the mud more. All right, so I gotta I gotta make a comment because I've been thinking a lot about this mm-hmm. about your desire to to ride this thing around in uh, less paved mm-hmm. places. And one of the huge differences is not just that you have more contact patch, but that the wheels are in fact smaller in diameter. Right, which also sure. means l- like a steeper angle of approach for anything that you're hitting is gonna feel gnarlier and bigger and I think you would sink in the sand and and mud and it's a heavy front end you don't more than you might expect if so not according to well because that thing has two normal size wheels yeah those wheels are the same size I'm just saying there's an argument if if you watch the videos at riderungu.com as I showed Jim it's actually a pretty compelling argument it's not a good comparison what I'm saying is that their argument doesn't apply to your situation the, right. I think you should totally take it out to Hollister and, and rally. The, I, <laughs> I, I, I have I've complete faith in you. <laughs> there we go. And your, your idea, your philosophy. The second argument is a bike that was just recently unveiled, also from Yamaha, and they're calling it the TMW. And this is basically, now this is not a full production bike yet, this is still a concept. But this is basically a TW200. Rear-wheel drive? Uh, yep, mm-hmm. with a split-wheel Nikon front end. Those, so, are, those are bigger tires, like ADV tires? No, this is the T-dub, so they're not... They're not they're, massive okay. tires. Yeah. But are they 16s? Uh, it's a con- It's a TW. It's a small bike. Okay. So I don't know. They're prob- those look like 15s or 16s. They're, f- they're small wheels. But it has the same, you know, split... Uh, indiv- indiv- Actually, suspension. you know what? If it's if it's a T dub, um, I they got think, the fat wheels, right? Yeah, it's got a fourteen yeah. on the back it's got and two like fat wheels. Here, sixteen on the front or down. something. So this is something. Uh, here you go. A concept 
showing that they believe yeah. that this has some like a off-road ranch, like a ranch bike or yeah, like a hunting yep. bike. In lieu of, exactly. a, of a Ford, if, you know, yeah, one of yeah. the Fords. Side by side. What is it like? Yeah. Like would go up. for Yamaha TMW. Wonder how it would compare price wise to a. It's still. A I, I know yeah. that, but I'm just curious. I don't that know because that'd be a reason to buy one if it's half the price or something. But what I like seeing is that this is not just some crazy technology. They're finding <clears> applications <throat> where oh, there's something to this. Let's explore it further. Mm. And so, my my you know theory that this might be good off road is being proven. Well, you got to define off road though. I mean, I think it would be great on a. Fire trail, but yeah. not not on a in the yeah. desert. Yeah, but yeah, yeah or over yeah. a log. Yeah, or over a log. Yeah, that's right. Or over any obstacles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, if you're on if you're on fire roads or like gravel, gravel, yeah, grass, I think it'd be fine. Might actually be more stable. I I, I kind of yeah. feel like I do. I mean, you know, this bike. I like I was telling Emma. Here's here's a pretty cool thing because it's so similar to the FJR FJR. No. The FJ09. There you go. I'm wondering if I could get like bash plate from an FJ09. You know, well like, it doesn't. Or? It doesn't share any frame components, but of course the engine cases are yeah. similar enough um, that yeah. I mean, but the thing is with bash plates, if you're bolting them onto the engine. Kind of yeah, that kind of defeats the purpose. Kind of well, no, because what's underneath it is the exhaust and the oil, the oil filter. Well, that's what so you're you need protecting. to protect that. Exactly. Well, truthfully, right. I'd rather deal with the dented exhaust exactly. rather than a lug broken off an engine yeah. case. Yep. Maybe. So, um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. No, there's no maybe yeah. there. There's oil behind <laughs> I think, it. I think you, you, know. you gain a lot. Did I ever? Did I ever tell you? Um, did I ever tell you about the young man who had to go and sit in the designated crying area of Mototown? <laughs> So, um, which one? No, he he was a lovely young man, and he was in the army. And no, this is pertinent. And um, he came. He, he was already his bottom lip was already trembling before I even went out and looked at his bike because he kind of knew he had just um, been deployed from. Um, I want to say it might have been Arizona to um, Fort Ord you know, to Monterey, to Naval Postgraduate School. And so he had a Ducati. Um, I think it was a Scrambler. It was a, it was a virtually a brand new bike. Is that the guy that brought it here? No. It's another oh, there's guy. another. Yeah. Um, so we put it on the trailer, and he had the side stand down. He had it tied down. And somewhere between Arizona and here, the straps had got loose, so it started putting more and more weight on the side stand, and he hit a pothole. And basically, cut a long story short, the side stand, which was bolted to the bottom of the engine, mm. cracked the engine casing. Oh, brutal. Mm. Yeah. And um, he brought it to the shop, and I'm like, oh, dude. I said, yeah. okay, the proper way to fix this is to dismantle it. And this is a bike with like 500 miles on it. So the proper way to fix this is to dismantle the engine completely and either replace the crankcase halves or have them properly welded and then reassemble the engine. That's the proper way. And he goes, what's the proper way? I said, the unproper way. JB Weld. (laughs) Is to (laughs) lean the bike on its side and let all the oil drain away from it for like a couple of weeks and clean it up with brake cleaner and then JB Weld it all together. Um, and just pray. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> pray. he had to have a little sit down in the designated crying area. 
But that's what happens when you bolt things to engines. And it was just from hitting a massive puddle. Yeah. He said, you know, I was, I think he said he was in Lancaster, California or something. Mm. It was a giant friggin' puddle. And he crunch. And he looked in the mirror and he saw the trailer go bonk. Oh, so, and that was, that, was, that was enough mm-hmm. to break mm. the engine casing where the side stand bolted on. Mm. It's a bad mm. scene, man. Well, and I want to give full credit because this whole double front wheel thing is quite interesting, but I I don't think Yamaha was the first. I'm not sure exactly who the first is, but we do have to give credit credit to Piaggio. 2006 is when the MP3 scooter came out. Bagel, do you understand what the intent or purpose was for that? Was that more to be self-balancing for people? No, it was never intended to be self-balancing. It was... I think it was more just to have a a a more stable platform vehicle with three with three wheels. Um, and the scooter is a great place to start because they're death traps when they're new. So everything <laughs> well, you do to a scooter will make it less of, less of a death trap, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, sure. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yes. But uh, the uh, even though the MP3 didn't come out until uh, the the middle late two thousands, Piaggio had actually been uh, working on this whole this uh, concept since the um, I think the early to mid nineteen eighties. Yeah, I believe that's true. And, wow. and they had first, I think, the first prototype that they built uh, was actually made on a Vespa chassis with two wheels in the front. Interesting. So I'm guessing that the purpose is the same thing. Because it says on there, like if you look at modern ones today, it says for the more aggressive rider. Right. And then you get into the concept of the three-wheeler bikes with the two wheels at the back, like the Honda Gyros, which go back to the 80s. Is that a fixed axle? And this is? Well, it's it's pivoting. Okay. It's, it's, uh, it's a fixed axle, but it's pivoting. You can lean the bike this is an argument that we were having why is isn't my bike a trike Mm. and what i am using as a definition and hopefully emma will back me up is that a trike has a fixed axle for the two for the two wheels well i'm the wrong person to ask because Mm -hmm. i mean i think if we use the the classic definition yours is a tricycle yeah i was waving three fingers down to everybody i passed <laughs> oh god it's i mean a, a tricycle so, has three wheels but this requires a new right. definition because to me a tricycle has a fixed axle i think well, yours is well, a leaning tricycle it's well, a no, though, Liza, no even even a lot of like the Volkswagen based <laughs> tricycles they, they have they have either independent rear suspension or mm. you know or or you know, separate axles on just side. No, well, like the Honda Gyro is axle. leaning, but that's fixed axle. But it's fixed axle. But that's Bagel right. brings out a great thing. If you build um, a Volkswagen trikey, the suspension moves independently. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, yeah. well, it's a slingshot, right? It's I mean, personally, yeah. I, I haven't sport. owned a trikey since I was five years old. <laughs> so I'm thrilled that you're regressing to your childhood, Liza. <laughs> Uh, it may be a trike. It may be a whatever. It kind of doesn't matter. The truth it's is, a good time. it needs. It needs. There requires a new definition. Joking aside, it's its own thing. It is so strange and so peculiar. It re- it's its own thing. It is infectious because I have been like now. I'm like, should I get a MP3? Um, should, should I be like Philippe and his? And his you know collection. Right. Check your um your Liza. Yeah, your, yeah there you go. I, 
He Philip but, Philippe and his collection of, of sidecars. Should I start collecting three wheelers? Yes, I tell you the one to have, have, which is very very oh, rare. What? You want the Gilera five hundred cc MP three. Uh, right, that's the one say, to yeah, own. The, yeah, the MP three five hundred is the one to get. And the the Gilera, uh-huh. and they did sell them in America, but with very yep. very small numbers. But that'd yep. be the one to get. Yeah, a friend of mine in Colorado owned one. He loved it. Oh, um, I think he, he had a hundred. How many? How fast? Hundred oh, like ten, I, I, something like that. I have no idea, but yeah, it's a very fast bike. Yeah, one hundred and ten so, miles per hour. Will, will oh yeah. The, will the night can be a a uh, collector's item? Oh yeah, it was yeah. a collector's item when it was new. Mm. Oh, it's yeah. it. I mean it. It's in the same same category. Largely as the GTS 1000, mm-hmm. which was a collector's item when it was new. And to a less extent, to Rufus. Right. Because when the RF900s came out, they were unlike anything else on the road. And the concept was very, very tame in compared with the Nikon. I mean, the Nikon and the GTS 1000 were really pushing the envelope um, mechanical-wise. Whereas the RF nine hundred was really just pushing the envelope style wise, but nevertheless, it's so unusual and so outstanding at its time. I think it, it yeah. I mean, they're all collectors' items now. So there's, there's a Kimco, Kimco five fifty. Oh hey, yeah. yeah. Um. So I believe that they were just brought here in the states in 2019 because all the models I could find were 2019. Though they still uh, make them and have them over in the UK, so I'm like, I'm good. I can still get parts for it. You know, oh, it's yeah. not unobtainium. But I want to tell, share with some. Um, when John and I went over to our friends at Gilroy uh, Power Sports the other day, yes, and we met with Greg and Chad. How we chatted Greg? with him? He's good. Making a lot of changes to the business because the industry is changing fast. And I was kind of surprised by some of the things he told us. And he, too, like a lot of other dealerships, won't work on bikes over 10 years. And this has always kind of bothered me, dealerships that do that. And I used to think it was because they 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 just wanted to they could pick and choose what they're going to do. They have enough business. They're just going to work on the easier stuff. True. And he said, no, it's because there are more and more uh, brands uh, that aren't. Ha- don't have parts for their bikes. Right. They are not stocking parts for. They had a bike. It wasn't that old. That was in the shop for weeks. Right. One, months. I think you said I think months. Yeah. Months because they couldn't get the parts for a modern bike. Would you? And like we're not to talking know, like a you know, one-year bike. Would you like to know who the worst offenders are? Take a guess. Well, I'm gonna guess. Is it Suzuki? Aprilia. Oh. Nobody's guessed yet, <laughs> Jim. <laughs> who are the worst offenders? Oh, you're gonna say Honda. Mm, Harley Davidson. No, don't know. Who? Oh, Honda. No, Ducati. Oh, mm. Ducati are the devil. <laughs> are the absolute <clears throat> devil. Anything does that have to do with customs or mail? International no, no, mail at all? no, 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 no. There's absolutely no excuse. Ducati will release a bike without a full backup of parts. Mm-hmm. So Remember? if you crash, mm. you got to buy a new one. <laughs> Sonia encountered that when she got her um, right. Uh, what's it, Panigale? Yeah, and let someone ride it. And it tipped over. They had no no bodywork, no parts for it. Now Didn't and it. then you get this. You get this window of like one year to five year when you may or may not get the parts. 
and then it becomes a free for all. So yeah, he's he's saying that yeah, uh, service they have to be even more restrictive of what they take in because a lot of brands and, just aren't supporting. And as their, an independent, I offer people the same. I have to tell them the same caveat when they yeah. drop a bike off. I said, look, the weak point with this bike is getting the parts, mm-hmm. and of course, as an independent. I've got a lot more leeway. I can kind of reach out to eBay. I can kind of reach out to the um, knockoff part manufacturers and try and get parts to keep this on the road. But my battle is maintaining the quality of the bike because any any vehicle, whether it's bike, whether it's car, whether it's an aircraft, becomes the quality, the lowest quality part. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a very high dollar bike in and you're putting Chinese parts on it, it's like you really need to be careful of that. But sometimes it is your only choice. Well, that's where that, like the guy we met at Vintage Motorcycle Days is doing a 3D printing Mm -hmm. is going to come in. Yeah, but that's when when it gets bigger. But um, one of the concerns, you know, when you said, is this a collectible? You think like a Buell is a collectible, but hard to get parts for right right so my hope is that because this is still in in production and still being sold through around the world i can still get the parts but i may have to order them from the uk I, you or know, something I like think that or wait a little bit longer, the only the only time yeah the only time you're going to run into problems with that bike is number one if you crash it bodywork and you need bodywork parts um, and tires are always going to be a problem. Um, well, the battle axe—they make this the right, exactly. And I think I them. think it'd be worth your while um, when the front tires wear out on it. Um, you know, buy buy a couple of sets. Um, just you know, mm, I, don't I don't know how long they're going to kick that can down the road. I, I don't know. So that that was uh, that was interesting to find out. So yeah, I really like this bike. I think it has a lot to offer for people. I think if anyone has an opportunity to test ride, and I've been offering here at the garage, anyone else try it, go ahead. It has built-in highway pegs, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, my gosh, that is... So, yeah, the engine guards make leg cradles that fit me perfectly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I recommend trying it. Don't discount it. It does not ride as weird as it looks. And I think there's something here, much like I was comparing Honda and the DCT, yeah. Which people are like, oh, it's weird. But they're slowly putting it into more and more bikes. And with this split front end, when we see this other concept bike they have, you know, like we might see this more and more. It might become more common. I don't. I, I'm, I'm not saying it's a technical dead end. I think it's always going to be a strange side note, yeah. albeit a very, very good one. Um. I, th- I think it's a great bike. And actually, I said something to you mm-hmm. earlier, which I'm going to bring up again now. I think you're in a really good spot with your bikes right now. Yeah. I think you've got a great selection of bikes. They're carefully curated. Each of your bikes scratches a different itch. I'm, just, I'm so worried about the 990, which I love and adore and have made. Yeah, but I bike. think it's become obsolete now. But it's not obsolete if you have fun with it. No. Here's my criteria. If I'm going to go on a ride, which bike do I want to choose? Which bike do I prefer to ride? And I cannot think of any riding conditions. I will choose the 990 over right. the Nike. What was one of the greatest rides you did on the 990? Oh. You meant to say our LA trip. Okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, I went 
went cross country on it. Yeah, I am but comfortable. He, yeah. he went to but Iowa, nevertheless, right? yeah. I think an outstanding was that LA trip. Yeah, I'm as just as comfortable touring as I am hitting, right. hitting curves so, on that. So my question to you is, if we did the LA trip again next week, which which bike would you choose? Nikon. There you go. Choosing the Nike. So now the 990 has become obsolete. Just because I enjoy it. Though I do have more luggage on the KTM so far. So eh, we'll see. Um, um, but, you know, I've... I've heard this before from you because you are quite a chronic bike shop, and I'm like, oh, this is the greatest thing. <laughs> I want this to is experience the great, yeah, This is the you're a chronic bike shopper, it's and there's not nothing. There's no shame in that. Um, I don't think I'm going to make a declaration. Oh, oh, oh. wow! Oh. Here we go. I don't think you ever really took to the Africa Twin. I think you loved the concept of it more than the bike itself. I think it was always awkward. I think you always struggled moving it around. Yes, I struggled when it was I, not, when I wasn't riding right, it. I think you put up as good a bike as it is, and I'm certainly not trashing the Africa Twin. Well, I'm saying for you. But, but what you're not factoring in is attraction. And that bike was one of the most attractive bikes I've ever owned. Oh, I think the Nikon's and that way is better another, looking. No, but to Ooh, me, no. attraction it weighs yeah, in no, a it, lot. It counts. It's super important. Exactly. You oh no, you've walked past you, the thing you, and really you, want oh, to ride it, even when you don't. Get so attracted to yeah. that bike. <laughs> you've got to like the look of that bike, but I really think if if we regard our bikes as like a relationship, that Africa Twin was actually quite abusive to you from day one. No, you you keep no. saying that. I don't think so. It's more I, like a neglected spouse. It yeah. didn't matter. I, I wanted to try the adventure riding. Jim and I both got into it. I gave it every shot. I took lessons at you Jocelyn's. Took I was lessons, you crashed, all in. You fell. We went and did some trips. Yeah. And then I was like, this isn't really my thing. The yeah. big bike adventure riding I, isn't my I, thing. It was not about the Africa Twin. It was about, it didn't matter if I was on a Super Tenere right. or GS. It did, I wasn't into that type of riding, and I wasn't using the bike for any of its functions or touring, which it is also very good at. But what I am coming to is I think there's a spark with you and that Nikon. I think you're really kind of taking to it very early, oh, yeah, which yeah, yeah. is great. I, I see a spark in you oh, when like you it. talk about it, and they're like, oh, yeah, this Nikon. I think it's just great. I do like it. Well, um, I like it a lot. I have something I want to show you guys and see what you think. Oh, is it rude? But this is a segment we've done before. I'm going to do it again. Oh. Oh, do you know what that means? She's going to put dirt tires on something. That means, uh, means I found... There's a solo flute album coming. <laughs> I found a bike that is crazy. So I want to show you a bike I found uh, listed on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And see what you guys think. So uh, I'm going to pass this around the room, and I need you to look at the price. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. All right, pass it around. <laughs> this is Facebook Marketplace. I think Facebook should, Marketplace. I think you should sell something and buy that. I think that this o- the owner of this <laughs> bike is crazy. So what I'm passing around the room, Bagel, I sent you the link as well. Yes, Because it technically falls into your... Your your area of expertise. Want to get your opinion as well, Bagel? I found a 2006 Honda Ruckus 
that has been modified. Yes. Slightly. Has a GY6 198cc engine. With, Ooh, okay. with a turbo. 198 with a turbo. All right. Uh, and this guy's got lowered, like stretched, all the bikes. things. This is bitching. Bagel, are there any other specs in that that I'm missing? Where is um, it? Well, I, I think the motor actually came out of a Zuma, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, it says 198 oh, Zuma, Zuma swap. Zuma. Yeah. Okay. San Jose. Yeah, it's right next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this <clears throat> and this is this bike has been uh, pretty Farkled. well engineered from what I can see. Uh, it's, it's got a really nice, uh, machine billet triple tree, uh, that, oh, yeah. uh, on the front end, um, <coughs> it, it looks like from the video that they posted, it looks like it's really quick. Um, I mean, it's an automatic of course, but with a turbo and it seems like it puts out a good bit of boost from what they described. Well, uh, you know, this, this seems like a hot little bike. Well, let me tell you something. That gold wing <laughs> that you rode. Uh, Scotty? Yes. Paid 10 grand for that. The Nikon? Paid 10 grand for that. Jim, how much are they asking for this ruckus? 10 grand. 10 grand! <laughs> well, not uh, asking is there, price. Is there any... Oh, rev that That does that not up. sound like yeah. 10 grand. Um, <laughs> is there any realm that this scooter is worth 10 grand? Well, no, hang on. This is what I'm asking. Hang or on. Or are they just crazy? So here's the deal. Bagels put his hands up. Like, I don't know. This ain't my people. If no, you remember, it all depends if somebody wants to pay that much uh, for it. Well, yeah. if you remember, we had a conversation uh, a couple of years ago about Harley Davidson toppers. And we, we decided that if you want a to experience that early 1960s American culture. Tell everyone what the topper is. The topper was the Harley-Davidson scooter. Um, quite crude and very of the time. It, it looks like a, a a cooler on wheels. Right, exactly. Did, did they make it or was it, was it Italian? No, it, they made it. I know. But yeah. if you wanted to experience... The transportation that was available in America in the very, very early 60s, you pretty much, that was the cheapest way to get, get into it. Now, if you want a show-winning motorcycle or scooter that will make you the absolute star of any bike night... Mm -hmm. Ten grand's probably the entry level yeah, for it. Yeah, but she's it. already spent it and already has that bike <laughs> in the Nikon. It's a different kind, you know, it's a stock. This is a modified bike. The only problem I have with it, it's somebody else's dream. And if I was to buy it, I'd probably have to spend another two or three grand on it to make it my dream. My first thought seeing that thing is that it's just like 15 years and 5,000 miles too far east for the Bosozuku. <laughs> <laughs> but... That said, if a Bosozuku bike came up for sale here at ten grand, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Yeah, or if you because took that to Maui, you would be the mayor of whatever town. Yeah, you, you would. I mean, yeah. so ten I mean, grand. It's you probably couldn't build it for less. And but yeah. but uh, yes, it's got a lot of work on it. But we all know. What's the best way to get rid of a lot of money? Build yeah. a custom motorcycle. You don't get the money back, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. I think it's it occupies an odd piece of ground. It's obviously worth more than a standard ruckus. 
Um, asking well, price and value are not the same thing. You know, my True. thoughts are probably it's a five or six grand bike. Um, What's interesting, when I was looking at Ruckus's, Ruckeye? Yeah, Ruckeye, I believe. Ruckeye. I found a, another one. Oh, no, I think it is Ruckus, but you just move the apostrophe after the S. Which makes ruckus, it plural. Ruckus, ruckus, no, not ruckus. ruckus. It's ruckus. What would be so, the, with the apostrophe no, behind the S? Ruckus Ruckus. Here we have a ruckus, a 2003. Yes. Only 700 miles. Super yes. clean, well maintained. Bone stock, of course. Nope. SSPG exhaust, TVR intake, right, right. Polini variator, blah, 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 2650. For, you know, another modified. Right. Not, not as much. Yeah, but it's not as much. That's GY6. That, that, yeah. The non-turbo. I mean, that to me is like more yeah. reasonable. What's the what's the, the benefit of That's, the engine swap they did? Yeah. It's just bigger more engine because ruckuses are just 50 cc. Oh. They're quite anemic. Well, yeah. And, um, and the stock the stock ruckus engine really does not lend itself at all to any sort of performance modifications, mm. which is why you see so many engine swaps in ruckus frames. Because people like that low slung, you know, tube frame look, but there's nothing you can really do with the stock engine. So people swap it out with a GY6, which is infinitely Here's hot one with oh, the GY6 <clears throat> for four thousand. They <clears throat> added it five. They've marked it down to four. Right, and I think so, my thoughts are, you know, that guy with the similar. turbo. He's probably won a couple of local shows with it. You know, he's taken it to a few bike nights, and everybody's kind of fawned over it. I think you'll see that go down and down. I think you'll probably sell for six. That's that's kind of where I... It's worth more than that. Anybody who properly engineers a turbo, anybody who properly engineers, you know, billet yokes and stuff like that. I mean, it's yeah. it, it becoming its own thing. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it, it's it's highly customized. And, yeah, it really and, is. And, but and, I, th- I think six grand's be. where it's going to land. Yeah. I mean, he 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 might get lucky and could get as much as like seventy five, maybe. But but yeah, it's somewhere in that range. I think is more realistic. I don't know. I think it's crazy that you know all it's the wild. For, when you look at what you can get for ten grand, it's really yeah. fun to compare mm-hmm. all the different things. Well, you can get a yeah. You can get a brand new plated dual sport bike for less than that. I know. I know. I know. Oh. Yep. And Jim, don't forget, they have five T, uh, T7s at Gilroy. I know, I know. Oh, really? I, I talked to him a couple uh, of weeks yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah. I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. Is a you T7 know, a dual sport? They're all, they're all <laughs> dual sports. Here we go. <laughs> I have to tell you, um, as everybody knows, my dearest friend is Mike Beck. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And Mike just bought himself a brand new Hunter 350. Royal oh, he was excited mm. about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he sold the Meteor. Um, and very much like you, as much as he loved that meteor, I don't think he ever really took to it. Huh. Um, and he bought this Hunter, which is a cheaper version of the meteor. He absolutely loves it. And that is one of the cheapest bikes you can buy out the door. It's like 55 out the door. Out the door. Wow. Huh. Yeah. They're wild. And it's a great looking bike. So, you know, um, well, um, a couple, a uh, couple other things to share. Um, one, I discovered. Well, I I bought a new boot that I'm so excited about. Oh. In fact, just John, one. John and I got in a little bit of. We a, almost had to wrestle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're at Cycle Gear looking at, at boots, and I found these really good looking 
not traditional uh, uh, boots, but they're leather high tops. They look like Vans, like, like Vans sneakers. Oh, okay. Like Scott, but they're but they're TCXs, which is a ba- brand of boots I love. And they had this green leather, not like bright green, but like a dark forest green on display. Both John and I were fighting over. No, mine. No, mine. <laughs> and then there were there are none to to have. They didn't have them anywhere. Anyway. Even online, we're looking. We're like wah wah. So then we go to the uh, cycle gear the next day. I go and I look, and they have them in brown in my size. Like, me, I'm getting it. I'm you're going to be all jealous when I rock the green Dude. ones when they come back. And, and then John's <laughs> like, well, fine, I'll get the green. Well, look who showed up at the garage today in those same green boots. Scotty. Uh, I've, I've had these for you, about a year. I know, you've had them for a year. I'm pretty happy with <laughs> nice. them. I think it's so funny. Uh, Both John and I were just foaming over them and fighting. But and they don't look green anymore. No, it's they a very dark green. It's, it's almost like a like a blackish green yeah. um, um good the, looking shoes the laces they came with though were really slippery and annoying and hard to tie knots in mm. so i replaced them with some paracord so i was just sharing that there's there's some good looking uh, and i am actually tops. wearing my cycle gear boots today oh well, which, there you uh, go yeah so it's all about cycle gear they, they're good eggs in cycle gear mm, i haven't I didn't like get these from cycle gear oh no they, they came from revzilla Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I have another announcement, and this is something I'm kind of excited about. Is it a declaration? Nope. Okay. No, <laughs> but it may surprise you to know that I am excited about this. So, you know, I do love all types of motorcycles. I really do. It's only the people that I hate. <laughs> but I love all types of motorcycles. And one thing that I used to love, I will admit, Back in the, I guess it was the the nineties. Yes. The like, um, like you know, the Jesse James the oh. Chopper shows. Oh yeah. The biker build off <laughs> the Orange County Choppers. Like I watched them all. But yeah, absolutely. I loved watching these artists build and just like, oh look how they did that. No, oh, you know, I remember when like Billy Lane and the biker build off. He built a bike that he put the. It built the exhaust into the rear fender. So basically he made a double channel real rear fender hmm. so that it just came, right. you know, it had a, yeah, it was like a, like double, like double walled pipe or something. Each other, yeah. yeah. And, but then not really taking into account that as he's riding, how hot it would get and the seat <laughs> caught on fire. Cause then you have to build a bike and yeah. then have to ride a long distance. But still, I just love watching people really try new things. And, and one thing I loved about the whole chopper building thing is they really did try right. and try different things and expand. And well, I don't know if you're aware of this, but it's all coming back. And I'm not talking about the old shows. Uh, in fact, Jesse James, I think, is behind this. He is starting his own TV network called Outlaw TV. Mm. Brilliant. Yeah, you can Google Outlaw yeah, TV. I like it so far. It is, it's not active yet, but right now you can sign up to be notified, and it's not going to be a subscription service. I'm not sure how it's working. But he's got Paul Tuttle on board mm-hmm. he's got billy lane on board so jesse james paul Tuttle. it's paul Tuttle, uh, the old one or the young one the old one paul mm-hmm. senior um and billy lane are kind of the the foundation for starting this new channel to really mm-hmm. show and explore again 
customization, bike building, that whole scene, which may just revive the chopper scene because none of these guys ever went away. They've still been doing what they've been doing. And it can be said that maybe some of them sold out Orange County choppers. I mean, and a lot of the film production companies turned it into more about the arguments. But I have followed Jesse James ever since. And he gave up West Coast choppers and then he moved to Austin and he started doing cars and he has always done something as a uh, artist. He's a a creative artist. He has. And he still has collected his machines and English wheels and shaping and he has (laughs) never stopped creating and building uh, be it cars, trucks, motorcycles and I have a lot of respect for Jesse James as an artist. I do. So I am excited for Outlaw TV and just throwing that out there for people to know because may not be in a lot of people's scope anymore. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I've been watching some of the uh, the sales of these old, uh, not old, 20-year-old uh, mm-hmm. sort of custom chopper <laughs> style things. Worthless. And they're they're really not going for much and they're so tempting. Yeah. I, I see them out there and they're under yeah. 10 grand and I'm like, yeah. oh, I remember mm-hmm. that one on TV or something like that. Right. Yeah. You know, I took your uh, I took your advice and started watching Flipping Bangers. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. It's fun. I love that show. Yeah. It's everybody's got to go watch it. It's great. You know, there's 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 a lot of Flipping Bangers is is actually a very very good show. Um, I really like those guys too. You kind of yeah. want to hang out with them. And I think we uh, again we talked about it in a previous show. They're very very likable guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just yeah. But what all these shows have in common, and when I used to watch all these biker build offs and Jesse James and all those. I loved watching how they would create a jig and to bend a pipe and how they would, you know, take something and repurpose it into something else, you know, and it inspires you. And that's why I built a chopper, you know, right. And flipping bangers. They're like, it's fun to watch. And it got me like, oh, I want to get out there and rebuild. And I'm going to be honest with you. The thing that always put me off those shows, especially Orange County Choppers, is they they seem to just do these endless corporate bills and they'd build these bikes for 200k yeah 200k for some company and there's a load of men and women in suits who are clearly have no interest in bikes whatsoever applauding this thing going on the stage and you know that's the last time that bike's going to run you know, they, they ride it into the corner yeah, of the I've corporate seen them of the HQ. Do the circuit. Well, we were at Ame Expo a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and Paul Jr. was there with yep. a bike he had built. He's still doing it. Um, but when you go back into some of these, um, you know, uh, uh, other, other shows, there was one on the Speed Channel I used to watch where they'd get non-bike builders, and they'd have to build a bike, and they would get, like, some famous... Uh, bike builder like uh, Exile Choppers, Russell from Exile or, you know, uh, Jesse Rook, one of my favorite builders. And then they would just give them all the parts and these people would have to figure out how to build the bike. Right. You know, and it was kind of fun and, and fascinating to watch. It's inspirational to me and gets me excited about wrenching. Yeah, and I mean, I and think that... This will anoth- get more people wrenching. Yeah, I think anything that generates interest, even if it's not your genre... Um, and I, I used to build choppers back in the day, but, you know, I kind of got away from it now. Um, and I just like building street bikes. Um, but anything that generates interest, I think, is, is a good thing. What do you think the chances are that we may see them uh, modify a 
a scooter like a ruckus. <laughs> zero. <laughs> Absolutely zero. But what it may do is, and unfortunately, I think the name's a little bit unfortunate because it's 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 limiting. It's very very limiting yeah. name. <clears throat> But I think had they called themselves, you know, Builders TV or something, yeah. it would have given more scope for scooter builders, for street fighter builders, for yeah. street bike builders like me. But if you're calling your network Outlaw TV. You're building Harleys. Yeah, they're building Harleys. Well, here's the thing. Um, if anyone has any interest, you can go to, uh, Google Outlaw TV and they've created a trailer promoting the channel and what they're going to be presenting. And it was I. It got me jazzed. So I, I, you can cool. sign up just to Mm-mm. be notified when it's live. Um, I love everything Jesse does. He he is good at what he does. And when he had a magazine, Garage Magazine, I got a subscription. I love that. He's he never really sold out. Yeah. He instead went underground. Um, so anyway, that's my my two bits. Go check that out. Will do. Um. Got some emails, some stuff to answer. Emma, since you have a couple. Do I? You, I handed you two today. Oh, oh! you only handed oh, me one and I am... Uh, well, no, there's one that... Oh, no, you already read it. My bad. Go ahead, Emma. Um, hang on. Let's have a look. Um, this is from David Silviera. Hey, David. Um, <laughs> love for Miss Emma. <laughs> Sorry. Hi, David. <laughs> oh, here we go. Love for Miss Emma. An accomplishment. Liza shouldn't stop at three wheels. I did a stupid thing and a serious question. Okay. That's that's quite a title for an email. Here's what to expect. Salutations, misfits. I would like to start by saying how much I miss Miss Emma. I hope she returns soon. If she's listening, I want to thank her advice on riding in Barcelona. I had a great time. I used a company called um, Momoven to rent a bike. They're a similar rem- rental platform to Rideshare. I ended up ro- renting a Royal Enfield Interceptor. You know what? For Barcelona, that would be a great bike. I've always been curious about Royal Enfield, so I seized the opportunity. It seemed to be well-built and fun to ride around Barcelona. A summary of this bike's spe- spec sheet can't express how endearing it is to ride. I had so much fun, in fact, that I ended up getting a ticket from a cop on a scooter. Oh, Damn it. Oh, coppers. That's yeah. one for Bagel. That's um, kind of embarrassing. And, you know, the thing is with Royal Enfields, if you read the specification on them, I mean, you know, it's if, if you see, you know, world's lowest powered bikes, you know, Royal Enfields are usually there, but you don't kind of get an impression of how charming these things are and the interceptors are just lovely anyway chapter two i've done it exclamation point i've listened to every episode of the motorcycles and misfits podcast i'm trying other motorcycle podcasts but to be honest i haven't been able to listen to an entire episode this is great the misfits just do it for me They have the golden ration of motorcycle facts to motorcycle silliness. I think I'll just start over and replay all the episodes from start to finish. You know, (laughs) when you go back to the very beginning, it is quite rough and ready back there, isn't it? (coughs) And I like to think we put out a more refined product. But Well, I like to think that this has been a... A journal of our years in in the garage, and but, you know it's just a 
what do you call what do you put your photo book a, a scrapbook it's our scrapbook the, and it represents the, our, yeah. our growth and change over the years the thing i um the thing i'm proudest of with what we do at the misfits is we don't take ourselves too seriously and there is a lot of uh, real skill in this room um, you know, Liza and Jim, I mean, you know, you were very, very dedicated motorcyclists. And Scotty and, and John, you bring a great deal of passion to it. And I mean, I am, I'm, you know, a, a decent wrench. But we don't take ourselves too seriously. Mm -hmm. There's no real pretension about it. And I think if there is a magic formula, I think that's it. I think if you start taking yourself too seriously and you start becoming self-important and people stop listening so there you have it so hey jim we're on third paragraph now i'm down for a trip to the desert count me in L liza you should also go i guarantee <laughs> liza just threw a large box of fudge at jim <laughs> i guarantee you would love riding the desert on a quad I didn't mention this on my previous list of bikes that I've owned for fear of drawing the ire of the misfits, but I had a Polaris 500 and loved it. It makes plenty of power, has a high and low range, spooled rear differential, the front differential has a limited slip and electrically activated locker, so this thing never gets stuck. It has double wishbone suspension front and rear, so it rides nice with lots of travel for a quad. So do it, Liza. Don't stop at three wheels. Get a quad. You will love it. I promise. Now, we're on to the fourth paragraph. I did a stupid thing. So I was viewing bike porn as one does, and I saw a nice-looking DR650 at a great price. I went out on a test ride, and it ran great. In fact, I could find no fault other than the salvage title. One day... <laughs> Oh, God, no. I've just seen what's coming. <laughs> One day while changing the oil, I was cleaning the bike and noticed the crankcase was patched with JB Weld. Uh, oh, the bike is a blast to ride around town, but what should I do? Should I sell it or keep it? Just keep it. Yeah, ride the piss out of the it. The internet tells me that properly done, epoxy repairs can last the life of the bike. Yeah, just keep it, David. Keep yeah, you it. already yeah. gave that advice earlier. Yeah, just, exactly. Just JB Weld it. Um, and if the JB Weld gives, as we learned from Jocelyn Snow, put more on, put some uh, beer can <laughs> aluminum on, and then right. JB Weld that on. Exactly. <laughs> now I want to ask a serious question. My son, who doesn't ride, told me he wants to go on a tour with me. Oh! I was thrilled that he wanted to learn to ride and go on a cross-country trip with me. Later, I wondered if I was doing the right thing. Will I feel guilty if he gets into an accident? Have any of you had any renewed regrets about bringing someone into motorcycling? When I was younger, our group's motto regarding accidents was, just be glad it wasn't you. I don't think I could feel that way about my son getting into an accident. You may poke fun at me, but I feel the need to get this out there. I'm out of here, cool. Cool. Um, David, and I'll come to the PS in a little bit. It's... um. I think it goes with the territory, David. I think if your son's expressing an interest in learning to ride, you should encourage him. I think um, you're clearly a responsible motorcyclist. The, the, the way I, I deal with it with my customers is I always say, look, 
I can't make you a better rider, but I can deal you the best hand possible. I can make sure when you grab the brakes, they work. When you stuff the bike into a corner, it's actually going to corner. I can give you the best bike. How you choose to ride it is entirely up to you. Um, and I think with your son, and this is spoken to somebody who's never had children, so I've never had that relationship, but I've brought plenty of people into motorcycling. Um, and the thought of them getting hurt on a bike, if I was the one to introduce them, you know, it'd be a horrible thing to contemplate. But I think you can, all you can do is just teach them as best you can to the best of your ability, get them some proper um, instruction. And really deal them the best hand, and you know, you know the, co- the 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 analogy I have for that is you know my son wanted to play football. Um, there's a lot of danger in football too, with traumatic brain injury and things like that. But it was a cross, oh, yeah. it was a uh, kind of a cost benefit analysis. You know, on one hand, he would get the discipline of the football game, he would get the community that comes with it, but there was the danger, and he did have some concussions. But at the end of the day, it was the right thing for him to do. So, you know, it's. There's going to be risk in a lot of things that kids do. And I think, you know, you mitigate the risk as much as you can, but that's life. So I'm going to jump in. Um, Yeah, whenever I help people get in, um, and I've been critical of, we met uh, parents who, like, the 17-year-old had a hyper motard. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Mm, I don't think I would let a Um, 17-year-old. Getting them the the training um, and getting them the right gear. Yes. But also... On a new rider, go with the extra step. How about a headlight modulator? Give them more tools because their brain is not yet trained as well to look for all these right. dangers. So you can go above and beyond a, a yellow vest, you know? Well, the bike Num- with traction control. And, Numbnut, and- Numbnuts Matt was here today wearing his yellow vest. I'm like, right on, dude. Well, classes is something you can do together. Take classes so, together. And spending right. 3,000 miles riding across the country together. It, you can do it, you but do if some, you want to be guilt-free, then yeah. make those extra steps right? and get a safe bike so yes. that it's operating properly. Yes. Best gear you can get. Yes. Best training you can get. Yes. And maybe even go a little above and beyond with some, some. accessories like, like brake free on your helmet or headlight modulators just to give you extra advantage. But I will tell you this, David. When you're riding long distance and you look either ahead or behind you or even alongside you and that's your son riding with you, you know, the sense of pride you're going to feel is is far greater than any fear you have for his safety. So go for it. And there is a PS on this, which you wanted to yes. mention. So this, we want to make this clear. PS! Mm-hmm. I've been an Ask Miss Emma level subscriber since Thank May. Wow. Thank you, David. According to the Patreon page, I have unlocked the benefit. Yes. But I haven't received my shirt. That is correct. Did I not understand how the program works? No, you didn't, David. When should I expect a T-shirt? Well, the answer is never. (laughs) Because (laughs) ask Miss Emma level of subscription. What you actually get is far more valuable. But it also comes with a T-shirt. So let me answer that. Oh, does it? Yeah, any uh, Patreon, $5 or more. Why haven't you sent this poor man a shirt? one T-shirt a year, which I do a printing and shipping in the spring every year. 
and, th- and then that's it. You got to wait. I do a different shirt every year. So like we are sold. So out. he we just have, missed. We it. have no shirts right now. I this finally sold out. This poor man is no, walking around every the year. You get you get a new shirt every year. Yep. It's not shirtless. like you just get one when you sign shirtless. up, and that's it. Like most other people say, you'll get a T-shirt when you sign up. No. You get a new one every year, but I do it at one time of the year, and it'll be a different style every year. In so, perpetuity. Yeah. Um, fabulous. Yeah. Well, what when, a bargain. When I know. Is, when is this poor shirtless man? I do it in the spring, but I'll make the big announcements, and I send out links so people and can, he will get a shirt. can order it. But and, I was yeah. going to say, the yeah, benefit yeah. you get, David, is far more valuable than a shirt. So you get access to a secret email, and that's your benefit. And the secret email is you what, can write. What's that email? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Wouldn't you like to know, Johnny? I would. Um, and you get to write me with any problems you're encountering with your bike, or indeed problems in your life. And I will give an honest and can- candid answer. Um, I was a bit lagging on them because I was so sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do get around to them, and Liza will tell you that um, I give quite concise and detailed answers. And I've navigated yeah. a lot of people away from disaster with their bikes and their relationships with either solicited or unsolicited advice. So yeah. the actual benefit of an Ask Miss Emma um, level subscription is um, you get to Ask Miss Emma all your troubles you and go. I will answer them in a thrice so or yeah, quicker so, than that. So thanks for bringing that up. Will yeah. you please send this man a shirt? I don't though? have a shirt. We but have will no you please, shirts. Will you please send him one when no. he gets it, when you get when, one? No, when he when, should get two. when I do the new shirt design, everyone will get a link to go and order which size, specify which you size. You promise? Yeah, that's because I've works. told him he's going to get a shirt now. I don't oh want you to let me okay. down with this. Life. John, you got an email to read. Um, dear oh. Misfits, I ordered a shirt and I never got Stop it. Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> Put my five dollars back. <laughs> <laughs> So this is from, I'm going to jack this name up. I'm so sorry. For, uh, Velo Jim. Um, Velo Jim? Oh, yeah. M- Hold on. Yeah. That's bagel. The, yeah. Velo Jim. Velo Jim. Uh, B-E-L-O-J-Y-M. Bagel. I guess. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. All right. Well, thanks for writing in. So I'm looking for my first project bike. I'm 6'4 and around 280 pounds and wanted oh. to build or modify a bike into a simplified touring machine. Oh. Mechanical simplicity for ease of roadside maintenance and the ability to cruise at a highway speed for a few days at a time with a light to moderate load. But I'm not terribly worried about zero to 60 times. So as long as I can merge oh. handily, uh, seem, seems, like it, seems like an old Honda GL650 or Yamaha oh. XS650 would fit oh. the bill. But Ooh. I figured I'd pick your brains. No, I do I have a KLR650, and it's yes. doing a great job, but I like to build that perfect bike because, well, because I want to. Thanks. Um, mm. No, I, I'd actually, if you want a project mm. bike, I'd look for one of the old big fours. XS11, mm-hmm. big old thing, which is great. Lots of power. Yeah, that's right. Or any of the big Suzukis. I mean, GS1000s are creeping up in value. What was that bike you sold Doug not too long ago? Oh, the XS11. Yeah. Yeah, with the CB yeah. in it. Yeah. That's a brilliant thing. Um, but, you know, the Suzuki GS1000s are creeping up in value. Um, but the 850, now you see your GS850, four-cylinder, very, very nice twin-cam engine, shaft drive. And right now, 
you can buy any amount of GS850s for less than a thousand bucks. So they're still out there and they're still cheap. You know, in fact, there's one, yoo-hoo, that's calling my name in Stockton right now. And I'm just thinking, oh, <laughs> should I make that drive to Stockton and get it? I'm going to go in a different direction. Hmm. Yeah, go on. And this is something I usually tell people not to do. But if they really want a touring bike, I'm going to suggest looking for an ex-police bike. It could be a Honda ST. It could be a BMW. You know, any of these ex-police bikes. Usually get them for a few grand. Um, but they started out as a long-distance touring bike. And usually have the simple like features that you s- still need. Um some of them, you know, like I've said, like stay away from like a 90s or early 2000s BMW because then you're going to have sensors and shit. But I don't know. I'm kind of feeling like well, get a bike that was already suitable for long distance riding and you can find ex-police bikes. Even it might even be a KZ1000. Villagem did say right? uh, lightweight touring. Yes. Did he? Well, an RT. I have police yeah. jokes. Uh, can we save them? No. What did the policeman have for have for lunch? I don't know. Irish stew. Irish stew in the name of the law. Irish. He didn't stew. necessarily say yeah. he wanted okay. a lightweight. Okay. He also yeah, he didn't say lightweight. No. So he also had a a cup of tea and a police of cake. Okay, thank you. Uh, moving on. So that's I'm going to throw out there. Ex police bikes. They are heavy duty. Comfortable touring bikes. You got a lot of different varieties. And you know, they've got a ton of miles on them, but but maintained. they are quite well maintained. Um yes. do not buy um California Highway Patrol bikes because they wring their damn necks. Um, real quick, between emails, we also have a thanks to give out. Oh yes. Jim. We have a big thanks because yeah. of this. F- Funny little box that showed up at the garage today. <laughs> and it's the box from Mayor Louie, all the way from, looks like, St. Robert, Missouri. And what was in the jo- in the box? Apparently, it was, came from Uranus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll just read the card. So thanks to uh, Mayor Louie. Uh, thanks for picking Uranus, where world's famous fudge is our number two because our customers are number one. <laughs> The best part of living in Uranus is that we get to laugh and have fun with thousands of great folks just like you who are traveling down historic Route 66 or just passing through Missouri. Uh, Should you come and visit sometime, we will keep Uranus clean as a whistle while awaiting your arrival. Until then, you can visit Uranus online at www.uranusmissouri.com. And they have other Uranus items, but it's a brilliant box. So in the box, there were like five different kinds of fudge. Fudge and candy. Uh, we had a, it was called the Taste of Uranus selection, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was chocolate, chocolate toffee, chocolate Just pecan, which was good, <laughs> blueberry cheesecake, dark chocolate, peanut butter, and peanut uh, peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah. I had the blueberry cheesecake, and it was delicious. And mm. and t-shirts and stickers. So oh, the t-shirts oh, were thank great. You oh, so fun much. marketing, yeah. And and just know the best fudge comes from. Uranus. Uranus. <laughs> oh my so thanks, Mayor Louie, for the fudge. It's, uh, now, killer. when you say it's Mayor Louie, was that M-A-R-E or M-A-Y-O-R? M-A-Y-O-R. So it is the mayor. The mayor the of mayor. Uranusville. All right, That's the man that runs Uranus. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Rhodes has a clean that's towel. Good to have right. in charge. It's bring it in. Bring it in. We've got two more. Let's get through this. Uh, this one is from Joe V. Joe says, v. Hey, hello Joe again, Misfits. Hey. I have a technical question about installing a new camshaft on my bike. Ooh. It's a new Grom, and I recently got a full exhaust and will be getting an intake and ECU flash to go along with it. I faintly recall hearing Emma say something about a procedure for running in new cams on previous podcasts but yes. would like a refresher also okay. is lubing it with motorcycle oil prior to install correct or should no. i use something like engine assembly lube yes i've listened from the newest episodes to oldest all the way th- all the way through and have about a hundred left it's great for learning at work and i wouldn't have been as content to swap the transmission in my my car without this podcast and uncle oh, phil's that's great thanks i hope to come by in spring for the rally much love the guy with one leg so, yeah, and can, let me see if I can answer this, because I've just done a couple <laughs> engines. Um, <laughs> the engine oil is just really too thin. You want the engine lube, it's thicker, and it's going to coat it and stay on there for the assembly. You you period. actually and want the, the camshaft break-in. assembly lube, but yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves. What sets a Grom apart is it has followers. It has separate followers, because it's a single camshaft engine, and then it has a follower that goes from the camshaft lobe to the valve, which is like a beam. And you need to replace those as well because it's new cam. So you need to buy two new followers and a new camshaft. Use lots and lots of lube when you assemble it. Make sure the timing is correct. The timing is an absolute breeze on a Honda Grom. Just set up the T-mark. You set up the T-mark and your camshaft sprocket has a a little dot or it could be a line and you set that up so it faces completely forward at the engine so as you're looking at the engine the camshaft mark should be at like nine o'clock with the t mark at the bottom and then that's your camshaft timing done however start the bike up and what you're going to need for this job is it's best done in the winter time when the ambient air is cold put your bike in the driveway Get a fan, a big fan, Mm. and blow it on the engine so you're blowing lots of cold air on it. Because what you're going to do is you're going to start that engine up and you're going to hold a steady RPM, probably about 2,000 RPM, for 10 minutes. Oh, wow. And you're going to break in that camshaft. And you've got to hold a steady RPM. So you you get it up. So it's not screaming, but it's, it's, it's revving. High idle. Yeah, real high idle. And you hold it for 10 minutes. You count it off as 10 minutes. So that's why you want to do it on mm. a cold day with the fan blowing on the engine so you don't overheat the engine. It's really hard on a cold engine. Um, but that's the proper way to break in a cam. Also, I don't know what kind of lube you prefer. There's a lot, but I would say maybe check... Um, check Uranus. Yeah, Uranus my, might have the best lube. My absolute favorite lube is funnily enough it's not fudge, fudge from uranus fudge and lube not fudge from uranus um it is crane cams camshaft oh, yeah. assembly lube mm. which is by far the best assembly lube on the planet i'd drink it if i could all right we have time for one more bagel oh. do you have the email i do good, good man. i uh, i have an email here from uh, keith alstrom like keith uh titled captcha confusion so it's Keith in Canada again. Uh, the <laughs> yeah. apparent pervert with the, with the gladius fetish. 
and I just had to do one of those <laughs> captcha puzzles on the internet to prove that I am a human. You know the ones. You have to select all the squares with a bridge or traffic signals, etc. This one said, select all the motorcycles. But as I looked at the image, all I saw was a scooter. Oh, no. <laughs> what to do? What to do? <laughs> yes, yes, I did it. I clicked the five squares that the scooter appeared in, but it burned my soul to do it. The computer now confirmed I was human, though I know I now felt like a diminished one. <laughs> Just kidding. All my scooting brothers and sisters out there, much respect. Get out and ride whatever you ride, if you can. The snow is on the ground here in Kanakistan, and we won't be able to ride here for at least the next five to six months. Jeez. Awesome. Thank you so Thank much. You. Did, Thanks. did That's good. Bagel, just, he, did he originally come from Scotland at one point? Uh, well, a lot of Canadians did originally. Oh, I wonder. I felt so. I heard some Scottish tinges in his accent there. Yeah, it comes through sometimes in in Canada. You know. Well, cool. Well, um, thank you, Bagel. Uh, let's see, Jim. You just got back. Are you going anywhere soon? Uh, let's see. I just got back from Borrego Springs and Anza Borrego State Park. Um, <laughs> riding? No, I think the next riding trip's going to be uh, in King of the Hammers. Yeah, King of the Hammers yep. in late January. John, you going, going anywhere soon? I'm going to LA, LA tomorrow. But, yeah. yeah. Scott, are you going anywhere soon? Well, I'm heading up to the Sierras for a yes, week in a couple of weeks. Oh, nice. Emma? No, I'm my, my I'm on my road to recovery, yeah. so I'm laying low for the next few weeks. I'm here. For, I'm here for a few weeks until I head back to merry old England. Oh, jolly old, as I, as I like to oh, call yeah. the land of the naked. Did you um? <laughs> did you have any sausage rolls when you were over there? I didn't, mm. but I'm so excited! I get to go have Christmas and have a Christmas cracker and wear a silly hat and read some horrible jokes. Oh, with uh, with Haley Bell. Yes, Haley Bell and the Hamley. So, um, yeah, you want to make sure you have your mince pies and brandy butter and Ooh. Christmas cake, of course, and a sausage roll. Um, but yeah, okay. you want to make sure that yeah, she gets you a sausage roll and a pork pie. Okay, all on the list. Yeah, there you go. So we're going to be around. It's nice to get everyone back here again. It was lonely in the room yesterday, uh, last week. But thanks to Steph Yu for stepping in. If you didn't hear yet, what a great interview. With Bridget McCutcheon, setting yeah, the world record yeah. going around the world. Yeah. Sorry for those who got the earlier version where we had a glitchy recording. If you couldn't get through the beeps, I fixed it and put it back up on SoundCloud Fixed. So oh, you did. I recommend uh, going back and uh, listening to that one if you couldn't get through it. Uh, apologies, but um, sometimes we still get technical issues. And I know a lot of people reached out and were concerned about my health, and I want to thank everybody. Yeah. It was it was your kind thoughts that really helped me. And it's it's going to be a very long road to recovery for me, but this is very much part of, of me getting better is being back here. So thank you all. It's lovely to be back. And a perfect, you know, the week of Thanksgiving. We do have a lot of thanks. So. Oh, God, we've got so much to be thankful for. Nice. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps it all up. We're going to have more to talk about next week. But, yeah, this was fun. What a great day to get everyone back. We had a lot of people in the garage today. People coming by, dropping off here. We had a lot here, of vampires here. here earlier, we had, didn't we? Yeah. Vampires came by. Yeah, a lot of them on mass. Yeah, John's uh, Mrs. Stumpy. 
She came got a jacket and pants today. Cooper barely, rec- barely recognized her. There's so yeah. little of her left. She's half a snub now. Yes. So I'm just, I'm just really enjoying, enjoying the time in the garage. Uncle, Uncle Liza. Yeah. Well, everyone, you can go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. You can't buy a t-shirt. There's none left. <laughs> you can but buy the on Zazzle. You can go to Zazzle though. We put think, links in there. I think it's very important that David gets the first T-shirt when they come in. I will make sure he does that. You, Please remind. I, I me. may pull one out of my private stock just so we can take care. Pull it out of your private on. underpants. No, we're, is we're next year's going to have a Nike on it? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Nike, Nike and appreciation club. The fire. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, thank you, everybody, for sticking with us and listening and supporting us. I appreciate it so much. And I am ready to get out of here. Thanks, everyone. This is Liza. Stumpy John. Emma Darling. Scotty. Nicky Jim, son. Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool, 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 cool. cool. cool.